You're listening to. Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang. Thanks for tuning in to listen to my friends and me talk. We love sharing that with you. And uh, thank you to everyone who gave uh, Sherry, Cola, and me love for our episode last week. Happy Pride Month, because we're still in Pride Month. And I'm really honored and happy to know that 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 episode resonated with so many different people and that it was so well-received. So, yeah, if you were one of those people that that reached out, left a five-star review, you know, subscribed and messaged me, I see you, I heard you, and I appreciate you. So thank you very, very much. This week's episode is such a treat because I get to sit down with my brilliant and hilarious friend, Atsuko Okatsuka. Atsuko is a stand-up comedian. She's one of the co-founders of Disoriented Comedy, which is a mostly female comedy troupe and people of color, um, but not exclusively. And they are the founders of the Comedy Comedy Festival, a comedy festival. Uh, And she works with D'Lo and Jenny Yang to just create laughter and, and thought and you know, reaching outside the box through through their work. And I love her so much. And I am so happy that she got to sit down with me because over the years of knowing Atsuko, I've seen her really blossom as an artist, definitely killing the stand-up comedy game, but also as a human being, as a woman, and as a partner. Uh, she's just such a positive light in her love with her partner, Ryan. And I was lucky enough to be in their... Uh, to be in attendance of their wedding. And I just, I already love them from, you know, just being around them at events and parties and and through social media. But being at their wedding was next level. It was so much fun. It was just pure joy and a celebration of what I think marriage and that partnership and that commitment is all about. Uh, but it's also very interesting because Atsuko is Japanese, Taiwanese, American, and Ryan is Caucasian. And uh, for those of you who don't know, that is, it's it's a, it's a fairly heavy conversation in the Asian American community. Um, you know, in the grand scheme of interracial dating, there's so many different conversations happening, but specifically with Asian women and with white men, uh, there's a lot of layers there. There's a lot of things to unpack. So I, because, you know, they're such a wonderful couple that has so much love for each other that's so obvious, and Ryan is genuinely just one of the best guys that I've met and why it makes so much sense that he and Otsuko are so perfect for each other, um, I wanted to sit down with Otsuko and ask her what her thoughts and her experiences have been behind that. So if that is of any interest to you and just getting to know someone hilarious and amazing— you're in for a treat with this episode. So I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that it leaves you with more questions, more compassion, more empathy, and curiosity about how we can all understand each other better and connect with one another and uh, have less judgment on things that we may not know that much about. So that's the intro for this episode. I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that you will leave a review, um, five-star review, (laughs) Hopefully, I hope, eh? and uh, subscribe and support the podcast if you if you so wish. But yeah, shout out to everybody who's been supporting and following and subscribing all along. I love you all so much. And without further ado, here's my episode with Atsuko Okatsuka. Enjoy. 
How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm happy to be sitting here with you. I'm so happy to be sitting here with you, too. Um, I love your house. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I thought, sorry, I thought you were going to do your monologue at first. No, no, no. I'll do it separately. <laughs> I just want to talk with you. Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Welcome to the house. Yeah. Ryan found it on Craigslist years Craigslist ago. Craigslist has some of the best things. They do. They do. They had even like the... So I used to use the casual encounters is mostly... Kind of how I know Craigslist. Okay. I've never bought anything off of it. Okay. What do you do on Craigslist? I buy stuff. You buy stuff. Yeah. Or like now it's like now that I've gone full Ajima, like I I look up like garage sales and stuff. Yeah. Because I like to find deals. Yeah. It's all about deals. It is deals. Casual Encounters is deals too. Is is it though? It is. I have never participated in that part of Craigslist. So do you want to walk me through that? Because I, I no, don't even know. So here's the thing. They've gotten rid of that. Oh. Yeah, they have gotten rid of that as of, I think, maybe like two years ago. Really? Where people can, you know, hook up with each other on there for so free. So it was like pre-Tinder. Yeah, it was like pre-Tinder. It, Got it. Yeah, uh, with a lot of emailing and a lot. It's a, actually more conversations, pre-conversations, pre-vetting, uh-huh. bef- more than Tinder. More I than think. Tinder. I think it's actually more than Tinder because you have to send photos, you have to like email back and forth, and then get on the phone, and then if you feel the courage up to it, meet in person. Wow. But it was also more specific, at least with um, you know the hooking up part. Yeah. So it's like I want to do this. I want to do this. So everyone kind of walks away for the most part if you don't get killed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, please be safe for the love of God. This isn't. But I also best. feel the same thing about Tinder. So anyway. And who's to say that when you buy furniture off of somebody, they're not going to also be crazy? Right. Right? Yes. And you're going to their house. Yes. Or their back, your, their yard sale. Like in hindsight, I can, I can attest to like, I've been in some like, uh, you should have brought someone with you. <laughs> While you're buying, what, yeah. just like a CD I bought rack? Like, I bought like a typewriter, but I bought it from like a person who was like super, super nice. But it's like, you know, an old guy and I'm going to his house. Right. And into his garage. Right. You yeah. know? Where things happen. Yeah. Usually in a garage. Again, and I'm playing it in my head. Mind you, he was super nice, and we were in the garage. And he, I think, just to be kind and like, he opened the garage door and like, you know, oh, it was, good. And it was during the day, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. During the day, that's good. That's how my Craigslist encounter started. During the day, walking up to the garage, the guy, the guy shows me a typewriter, and then that's and then the safe, that's, that's the safety safe. word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand? There's an understanding now. Yeah, interesting. But they've got rid of it which i think causes a lot of problems actually because casual encounters for you know certain communities uh-huh. was a way to like in let's say really conservative communities a lot of like queer people were meeting pe- each other on there right no that's know? what i heard about like I, I remember hearing more about casual encounters through my gay friends or they're saying that like that's that's right. the way that they would like message people and 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 just talk and meet up and whatever. And you could keep it discreet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to tell your parents or family necessarily where you're going. You could say, hey, I'm meeting up with someone to buy a typewriter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now that's not available. And so they have to be more public about it, which could be maybe dangerous in a place like Alaska, you know? Interesting. So, um, yeah. Uh, Craigslist. <laughs> 
<sighs> when does it kick off when, the conversation? When the conservatives jump on, or I don't know who jumped on to say we got to get rid of that. Yeah. Who cares what people are doing? Well, I feel like it's kind of the same. I would say likening it to like Airbnb because, you know, it's a great business idea. It gives a lot of people some like side income and a way to share space and explore like different parts of the world through like living there, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. But I also think anything cool comes with a lot of liabilities too. Because, sure. like, you just, like, someone could completely destroy the home. What are you going to do then? What if something, like, a crime happens in your home right. while whilst you're away, you know? That's true. There's no protection. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like there's probably something or some things that occurred that probably the company was like, I can't, we can't be in any way responsible for this, so let's just remove I it. I totally understand that. It's a tough world out there. There was the Craigslist killer movie. Oh, okay. Because there was a Craigslist killer. Okay. Like in 2008 or something. So this is unsurprising because we were just talking about that. No, so I'm saying that, yeah, I see your point. Yeah. Totally, I'm remembering that things have gone wrong on Craigslist before. For sure. Yeah. And now we're getting more stories about like things going wrong on Tinder. Like Things happen because people are crazy. Yeah. That's why I have a podcast. I was like, we got to talk about some stuff, guys. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's why I stay at home a lot, I think. <laughs> I stay where it's safe. Yeah, but then I start thinking too much. I also have go through spots spirals where I think too much mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm safe in my house away from the crazy world away from crazy people but then I start thinking I think most people die at home <laughs> I think most <laughs> people takes a die in household accidents you know and then I'm like I have nowhere to go is there a gas leak I, I, smell, I smell something <laughs> or like my light bulb can fall on my head <laughs> true that won't mm-hmm. happen you know I love this. You have protection here, at least. We're looking at this very soft lighting. That's right. With It's like you're protecting yourself, Atsuko. Yeah. I love it. I love you so much. So, and I just want to say, again, back to your house, though, because I feel like there's such good energy here. And I feel mm. like I was just talking to you about my anxiety. And that's been like a running theme on the podcast, just talking about the process of being a human, right? Or the, the journey of being a human and all the funny things that that requires of a person. Right. But I've been really sensitive increasingly of of how I, the energy when I'm in different spaces. Do you feel that? I feel like you're the kind of person that might feel that. Like you pick up on, there's just like some bad juju here. <laughs> do you do that at all? Or is that... Because I, I think people think I'm like a witch or something. No, but people do tell me. I think you're a very intuitive person because you. I know your comedy, and I know you like see things. Right, I do see things, but I wonder if I like setting the energy oh, in a space. Maybe I like. I, I don't really feel the energy of a space as much. I think because I'm pretty adaptable. Yeah. So you are kind of right. I am adaptable. I can adapt to any situations, even if it's like a tiny space and you could feel that you could feel that maybe like something wrong has happened there or something. (laughs) I will try to make it work. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm all about like, okay, I'm going to put some positive energy here. Good. So um, that's why we all love you. Well, it's it's overwhelming. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> but, you know, I'm very, like, I'm much, I'm very much, what is it, type B? Uh-huh. Is there a type B? We hear I about type A's. So. I mean, because we're always talking about being type so A. So is there a B and C? I, I think so. Just is there like a D? Alpha. I, I do not know the extent to which that goes. Yeah. I just know type A because I am. I am that. <laughs> And I used to think it had to do with blood types. I thought so too. I'm a blood. I'm blood type A. I think I'm A. I've been informed by my mom probably like thirty times at this point, and I always forget. 
I'm like, wait, what am I? You should ask her. Because, I'm pretty sure it's A. Right? Okay, that's good. I think. And we're not talking about your personality. Yeah. <laughs> Again, see, confusing. There's like all these words, and you're like, what does this mean? You're like, I'm type A, personality and blood. That's and easy. Blood. Then I would see, and you'd think I'd know that by now. And I don't. I literally mean like, I need to text my mom and be like, wait, what am I? <laughs> I'm going to remind you after this to ask her. Just because, you know, some, if you needed extra blood or something, it's nice to know. It would be nice. And I could be a donor. Oh, thank you. If you were type A. I would so be honored to to have your blood donation. It might slow you down. People think <laughs> I smoke weed because I, I, I talk slow and I am weird and absurd sometimes. And uh, yeah, I don't know. They're going to be like, something happened to Minji. She's like <laughs> talking slower and like. I don't know. That could actually help me because sometimes I'm told, you talk really fast and I can't keep up with everything you just said. So balance. This balance. Is, okay. Way. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to donate whenever you need me. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So we've established <laughs> on our son's Craigslist is sad, sad to see it go as a couple of years and blood types. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and, and energies because I, I really... Okay, I've thought about having you on this podcast actually for like months at this point, but mm. I also know that we are both busy mm-hmm. and hustling in LA and you're doing your comedy shows. You have your podcast now, which is incredible mm-hmm. and I will listen to. And um, I just wanted to sit down because I want to, I want more people to understand the wonderful positive energy that is you and the way that your brain works because you coached me actually on my stand up com, my first like official stand up comedy set. That's right. <laughs> I think I bombed and we don't need to talk about that. But I just, I, I want to say like I've known and I say this, I said this in my intro that I've yet to record, but you're like <laughs> one of the, like I think of you and I think of light. Like when you th- when you say like I like to insert my positive energy. I like to be the positive energy. Mm. That's how you are in my head. Mm. Because I think that you intentionally want to bring like levity and joy and like that brings out so much other good things in people. Mm. And um I just want to put that on on record on the Oh, air. you're so sweet. That's very nice. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. um I wanted really quickly because we're here to talk about your life, especially because I'm so in love with your love, Ryan, <laughs> because he just freaking set all this up. This podcast is literally happening because of Ryan's contribution of our setup. Um, I just, I was at your wedding and things like that. And I just want to get to know more about your guys' relationship and what you've been through. Yeah. But can you like give the quick synopsis of like how you got into comedy? Because everyone's, you know, entry into this crazy world of like being an entertainer and being an artist and crafting a joke and making people laugh. Yeah. It's very different. So right. can you share that that yeah. story? Yeah, and then tie it to Ryan yeah, somehow. We talked yeah. to Ryan. Uh, you, you joke about Ryan a lot and it's in your comedy too, which is great. That's true. Everybody is at risk. If you're <laughs> if you're within any confines with me uh, to end up in a set. But uh, <laughs> I, I started comedy 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was a kid, yeah, there were a lot of like, you know, restrictions around me. Um, not necessarily my family. My family, it w- they weren't like tiger 
people, tiger people. Yeah, tiger people. They weren't tiger moms, you know, and so uh, they they didn't, you know, they weren't like be a doctor, be an engineer. It was other confines, like being undocumented. I was undocumented here. Um, my mom has schizophrenia. My parents, uh, you know, got a divorce early, and so there was like figuring out custody at the same time my mom was spiraling out with mm-hmm. her mental illness at the same time my grandma trying to raise me um and so there was a lot of confines where i needed to find levity uh-huh. <laughs> where i was like i need to make somebody laugh you know i don't know about your family but uh our family like we don't talk to each other when we like sit down for dinner or anything mm-hmm. nobody in my family really talks to each other oh we talk too much sometimes that's great yeah. i sometimes i really like as a kid i i, I wanted that that's all i, I hated saw on it TV. as a kid i appreciate <laughs> it now because yeah it taught me how to converse or argue slash debate yeah and you should it's weird to just like we would literally someone would be like it's dinner time we would get around the dinner table and then just like proceed to eat in silence like mm. psychopaths you know what I mean? For like an hour, just like, just one, like if someone asked for the salt or pepper, like I would freak out because I thought something was wrong. It disturbed the silence. It disturbed the silence. Did you have yeah. a TV on or anything? No, just in silence. Oh, just silence. Yeah. If the TV was on, we would put it on low. Like oh, okay. again, like psychopaths. Yeah. It feels like the beginning of a horror film <laughs> because it's just quiet. Like, oh my God, something wrong is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and then I would find the opportunity. I just remember this was like one of my first ever jokes as a kid. Like we were sitting in silence, you know, to like my uncle and mom had just gotten in a fight, you know, and it was quiet. And I was like, God, like this again, you know? So I just said out loud, Hey, wow, this is really fun. We should do this again <laughs> or something. <laughs> and I saw my uncle trying not to laugh because I finally pointed out what was wrong. You yeah. Know? And, uh, yeah, and so I just remember that and like little moments like that through my child throughout my childhood, mm-hmm. and then that's how I got into comedy. I was like, I think I want to make give this laughter to other people. Yeah, you know this tension that we're all feeling. Um, if we could release it somehow, and then yeah, so that's how I started comedy. Is that is that correct? I started from childhood. That's amazing. <laughs> I started well, my drama queen. Yeah, for sure, started at a young age. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how there's little pockets of of these moments where it like signals to you, you're like uh. You're yeah. onto something. Yeah, when where was yours? Like you were like, I need to be on stage. Be I didn't seen. I didn't actually feel the need. My mom put me in it. She oh. put me in the church play when I was like four, I can't remember if it was four or five. I was really, really young. It's not any later than kindergarten, not earlier than preschool. But um I did it and I played the villain. I was oh. the villain at, at four or five because I played the bratty girl Shirley. Oh. And I was kind of wounded because I was like, I don't want to be the bad person, but I'm the girl that's like conflicted. Like, you know, there's, I think her name's Christy and she's like the, you know, the angel of the the, mm. the protagonist and she's just like conflicted about Christmas. She doesn't understand. And I'm the one giving her like grief about not understanding what Christmas is about or something. You had layers. I had layers. Yeah. But I didn't like those layers because I was like, she's mean. She's a jerk. But then I played right. her very well. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I was very mean. But then I'm the one that has an arc. Like, I'm the one that comes around. And at the end, yeah. I'm the, I, I participated in the Christmas miracle because I'm not a jerk anymore. So, I don't know. It was kind of, like, fun. 
Yeah, people remembered you. Yeah. Well, because the other girl's like, you know, she's just bullied. She's lovely, and you feel sorry for her, and like, you know, she's bestowed Christmas hope. and But also boring. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> she's nice, but she's always been nice, you she's, know. She's like, what's her name from Les Mis? The girl that's like, you know, just ethereal, and nothing ever goes. She does, Cosette? She Cosette. Yeah, I know. I yeah. like Eponine from Les Mis. Yeah, she has layers. She's, she's broken, heartbroken. She's heartbroken. She's heartbroken. And then she lays her life down. I know. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Les Miserables, it's been out for how long? A gazillion years. 80 years. years. Yes. <laughs> Go watch. It's a delight. <laughs> yeah, she, she lays her life down for the person she loves. Eponine's lovely. Yeah. And yeah, so I was surely, and then that, I didn't seek it out, but when I did it, I was like, oh, this is really fun. And then I liked learning lines and I could do it easily. So that's what it was. Yeah. So other people told my mom, they're like, this little girl, like you, she has lots of lines and she's like five or, you know, four or five and that's Mm -hmm. not normal. Yeah. So then she like kept me doing it. And so I, and I agreed. I was like. Yeah. No to piano lessons, but yay, plays. Like, sure. That's great. Your mom's like, okay, she's not doing plays anymore. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, she was yeah. going to be good at it. Yeah, it's like, what did I I'm feeding the beast. But, you know, and I love that you, you did that in a moment that's very personal to you because, like, you wanted to make your family laugh. Like, and then that's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, and I think for personal sanity. Yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a survival. Lot, it's a lot at the table to be like, so how was your day, Otsuko? It was great. Like I would start, I would tell, I would start conversations with myself because it, I couldn't stand the silence. Uh-huh. Like, oh, Otsuko, it was a great day. Yeah, it was a great day. I guess we'll just keep eating in silence. Whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a crazy person. We were all crazy. But I love, and but I love the the craft that you've done with like your specific personality because I feel like it's very <laughs> like irreverent and like just. I don't know. Like, you don't care in the greatest way. Mm. You're just like, let's just laugh. It's not a big deal. Like, yeah. chill. Yeah. That's why I love you. <laughs> Wait, so you knew that you want to be a stand-up comedian, or like you just knew you want to make people laugh? I liked performing. Okay. I didn't really know the form of what stand-up comedy yeah, was who that does? young. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I like... I like entertaining, and at least I knew I liked making people laugh. Uh-huh. I didn't know that was a job that was available. When did you know it was a job that was available? It was at church, like in the sixth grade. Someone <laughs> passed me a Margaret Cho DVD, like a big no no. They were like, hey, this is stand up comedy. And like gave it to me, like during lunch or something. Did you put it under your Bible. Or <laughs> <laughs> I like put it in my bag. And I was like, okay, I have a DVD player at home. Contraband. It was the site, what was it? Margaret Cho, Notorious Cho. Oh. That was the tour that was on the DVD. And I went home and I put it on. And I was like, wow, this is one person talking for the whole time. And it's an Asian woman uh-huh. talking the whole time. Like, that's all, that's her job. Uh-huh. And people laughing. Yeah. And people feeling good. And I'm laughing, you know? And uh, that's that's when I was exposed to stand-up comedy. Love it. Like, as a f- actual thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Via grade. Margaret Cho DVD. Yeah. I did not know this about Passed you. to me at church. Yeah. That's amazing. And then fast forward, <laughs> like, Margaret Cho, I met her for the first time at your guys' show at Disoriented Comedy. Right. That you did with D'Lo and Jenny. And I was like, it's Margaret Cho! And yeah. now it's even more meaningful because I know that it was what birthed your career. Right. 
Right. Yeah. I was lucky because there's a lot more stand-up comedians that I could have been exposed to, uh-huh. but I was exposed to the one that, you know, Spoke like represents you. me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And You're so. You're like, I'm seen. Right, right, right. Cause and that like, matters. I wonder what I would have felt if I saw Jerry Seinfeld. I would have probably thought it was still funny, but it wouldn't have been as much as like, oh, maybe I could do this. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's amazing. Um. And then I watched Robin Williams was the second stand up set I'd oh, ever seen. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yes. And that was really feel good and fun. Oh, so. Robin. I still feel sad that he's gone, but I've, he's a gem of a human. He yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So did, then what did, did you go to college or like, so you did school? Where, where were you, where'd you grow up again? So I uh, grew up in West LA. Okay. So after Japan, we lived with my uncle in West LA, and then I, I wasn't good at school. I, I just slowly started getting bad. Like home life was intense. My mom's like mental illness got more intense, and it was hard for me to concentrate at, with homework and, you know, uh, a lot of things. I like developed an eating disorder. I know this is really fun. And then, please, uh, <laughs> and let then, it out. That's what we're here for. And then, so. Yeah, I just started like failing a lot of classes and I couldn't figure it out because all the other Asian Americans in school were like AP this, AP that, mm-hmm. SAT prep, SAT crushing it. Yeah. Got into UC Berkeley, got into UCLA. And I was like, only UC Riverside and UC Merced accepted me. Um, which is, you know, which is fine. So I, yeah. I went to UC Riverside, but then dropped out. Got it. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I'm definitely your model minority. <laughs> I love, personally, well, like I have friends and close, I have family even, like my brother and a lot of people that, that even myself too, like did not take a traditional path, even there's certain parts of like my education or whatever that seem very customary or like Mm. that's like yeah everybody has like their own wayward journey right you know what i mean so yeah what did you study when you first got to uc riverside i studied psychology oh yeah okay i had like minutes to choose during the application of course what what do you know about like the rest of our lives it is crazy that at 18 we have to be like okay and (laughs) there's a scroll you just scroll through the majors and just go this one (laughs) Mind you, my uh, college application, I actually chose to do it. The la- it was the last option or last year that they were accepting paper applications. Oh, so I see. I actually did mine on paper. Wow. So, I so could, you I had to scroll anything. You had more time to think. Um, <laughs> I had more space to squeeze in more words and my, my tiny writing abilities. Yeah. Being Asian with my point Great. to whatever pen. <laughs> I crammed in all the words because I was like, I got a word limit. I got a space limit, but I'm going to fill it. Brilliant. So, yeah. But that's, it's a lot of pressure to like figure out what you want to say and wh- what that means at that time. Yeah. You're freaking, what, 17 years old? I had no idea. I didn't know. I was like, I don't even know if I wrote this in correct grammar. Yeah. And then UC Riverside was like, we'll take this bitch. <laughs> I was like, really? I'm pretty sure I messed up on that application. Like, I don't even know if I spelled a lot of things correctly in the essay or whatever. <sighs> they were probably lacking in psychology majors. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know how your brain works. I've heard it out loud. And I think you're just like, they're like, yes, we have, a, we have an amazing mind that we need to bring into our, con- our, our, our crew. Here. In the essay, I just wrote, 
I want to do stand-up comedy. And they're like, you're in. That's awesome. <laughs> no. Honestly, I'm saying, like, have a diverse campus. You can't all want it. Like, the doctor, lawyer thing, again, mad respect. But, like, we need diversity yeah. in every aspect. Totally. Life I agree. Is more interesting. Different brains, different did, dreams. Did you really put that you want to be a stand-up comedian in your college essay? No, I was I was joking. Please what don't. if I no, put but I that? wish you had. What if I put that? That was your true thoughts goal. Oh my gosh, maybe I could have gone into UC Berkeley. Yeah. Because then they would be like, Oh, she's you know, reverse psychology. They would have been like, She's actually a genius and she's trying to downplay it. Yeah, exactly. I never did that. No. So I never 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 got in. There's value in being truthful to our callings, people. That's true. How long did you last at UC Riverside then? I lasted a year and a half. Got it. And then I was like, I don't think that I should. This would be a disservice if I came out a therapist <laughs> for the world. I care about people too much. I can't be a therapist. You are doing therapy, though. I say you are doing the most therapy. Laughter kind of. is so crucial. Kind of, except I say, you guys sit down, and for the next hour, I will be talking to you at you you say no words you get no words to say listen yeah so it's kind of the opposite of therapy but yes therapy in that there's laughter yes but you don't get to tell me your feelings (laughs) so i literally have a mic and on a stage you know like there's power to that. So much power. Um, but um, but I say it's also personally from the artist standpoint. It's like that's mm-hmm. super vulnerable because like you're out there like, hey, everybody, I'm putting like everything, my creativity and my life stories on display for your amusement. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So power and complete absence. I feel like. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. A lot of. Uh, I think you know a lot of comedians develop. Uh, habits that aren't great because of that you know yeah we are like naked on stage a lot yeah it is Mm -hmm. and this is why my mom doesn't want me to be in entertainment uh like (laughs) now that i've talked to i want to write they're like totally feeding into that now like there's a performance side that they really i think scares them i see and i get it i don't think that they're crazy for that but they're just like so how's the writing going really wow they don't really ask my mom like on occasion asks like if I'm getting auditions work, she knows that it matters to me, mm-hmm. which they, in ge- my parents in general, don't, like, I think they, in their protective mindset, don't want me to really go down that avenue. It's so interesting, because writing is, like, immediate, raw emotions. Mm-hmm. It's very, very vulnerable, whereas mm-hmm. acting, you might be able to play through someone else's writing. Exactly. So it's actually... <clears throat> not that it's not vulnerable, but, like, you know, people will see less of you. Right. So that's that's from our understanding of it, but I think there's something about being seen and physically, physically, <laughs> and crying or like you right. know what in whatever situation the scene requires. Like who knows how vulnerable that is, and yeah. that's just not part of how they know the world or like ever wanted their children to know the world. Right? Like what are you doing? That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. something like tangible as like writing seems like. Oh, it seems less more. Um, academic or yeah to me now that i am doing it like i can like like you're the ones crafting your jokes and stuff like this is you this is you on paper and you're gonna then perform it and it's like same i feel like very vulnerable when i'm writing i'm like i can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i can like, read your script I'm like no right what? i know yeah that's true i feel like it is a little scarier if you if it's just words for sure oh forget scripts i don't want anyone to read any of the <laughs> ideas i thought were brilliant why i want to read them 
I'm just kidding. They're they're whatever. No, I'm sure. It's such a different format than just joke writing. Yeah. I've done a lot of jobs where like punch up scripts or punch up and I love doing that. Mm-hmm. But writing the story itself, I'm just like, I don't know, uh day one. Uh, <laughs> interior, she wakes up, I don't know. Where do the jokes come in? You know what I mean? <laughs> I need to come to, I'll come to you with the jokes though. That's good to know. That's part of like making stuff. You gotta know who to ask for what. That's important. Yeah, if you wanted to. And if it's okay with me, yeah. Yeah. I, I oftentimes have to be like, I went crazy. You can tone it down, <laughs> you know? We'll go all the way and then peel back. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of the stuff I've done are for, like, Adult Swim. Okay. So like the Eric Andre show, Jenna Friedman's show, Soft Focus. Um, and so it's, it's yeah, it's a little different than if you just gave me your screenplay. But I love that. Though. Okay, yeah. I mean, we could talk about that for hours because I'm fascinated just by people that are different than me because they... Their brains and their minds and their creativity, their hearts operate in a completely different stratosphere. Mm-hmm. So when I see stuff like that, even if it's not like my taste, mm-hmm. I'm still like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate it because I'm like never in a gazillion years could I have come up with that mm-hmm. ever. And like that fascinates me. I think that's why drama fascinates me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm like, wow, what is, wow, this was a really touching story. Yeah. This is, wow, I'm crying so much. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, that sounds really basic, but I... But I, I think that's... Simplicity is very much like, I don't know, it's like core to like our life experience. It doesn't have to be like super profound to be profound. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be complex to be like, oh, wow, I never looked at it that way. It's I mean, very simple. That's true. Yeah. Maybe I, I prefer not complex, actually. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know if this would be considered com- complex. People try to make it complex, but like abstract art mm-hmm. or like... Uh, contemporary art. Yeah. Yeah, forget when it. When it's just like <laughs> splotches. <laughs> yeah, when it's like a splash. Contemporary art is very much like, uh, here's an idea I came up with, now you finish it. You know, the audience <laughs> has to finish it and we have to add meaning to it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I paid to get in here. Yeah. You know? what, what? I have to work? <laughs> yeah, and I don't, no offense to people who are trying to make splashes. <laughs> Your your career, <laughs> mad respect, mad respect, love, love, love. Okay, so now again, like the basis again. I I want to know more about the comedy, but we're here to talk also about like what brought you to Ryan and what happened with that because I want to talk to you about this because again I've heard it in your art. That's why I want to understand what brought you to your art. But you right. you've shared a lot of really great stories about. You know, your marriage and, like, learning about Ryan's family and that experience of that. And it's just, like, it's been on my mind so much because, like, I'm dating a Japanese-American guy. And even in that, you know, we're both Asian-American, but we're very, very different. Right. Really different backgrounds. He grew up Mormon and I grew up, like, Christian Christian. in the Bay, but Korean. And, like, that's a whole other, you know, level. Mm -hmm. And um, just sharing those experiences, everyone is, we're in this, like, particular moment in society where all these cultures are really starting to not clash we're colliding a lot more Mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of assumptions or preconceived notions a lot of prejudice and racism like we're dealing with a lot of stuff right Mm -hmm. and we're unpacking all of it so i just like understanding what people's actual experiences were with like with interracial dating or with like having a parent with like mental illness like those are things that are real they're real life experiences and we can keep like theorizing things or like making tweets and hashtags about stuff <laughs> but I care about the actual story and I again I'm going back I love your love with Ryan and I'm just like curious about how that came to be and like what you guys have dealt with yeah because um 
Yeah. Especially even the fact that, and like, just to, like, Ryan's white and you're Asian. And, like, mm-hmm. that conversation has become more honest and more, mm-hmm. like, out there for mm-hmm. people to to put under the microscope. So, anyway, that's, like, why I was, like, so, like, I was, like, I want to hear what Atsuko has to say about this. You framed it so beautifully. I almost cried just now when Did- you were saying why you want to hear personal stories versus, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it is, yeah, the interconnecting of different different stories it's so complex even within like asian american communities mm-hmm. uh like always be my maybe uh-huh. you know like even specifying that like oh like are you sure you're not korean oh spoiler alert you know yeah. if you haven't seen it but like you know like ali wong's character you know what i mean being yeah. like oh there are two different kinds of asian americans yeah you know yeah. um and uh and the foods and the way you interact and you know uh, anyhow um why did i go into that yes no thank you i will answer your questions yeah <laughs> well you can share with you don't have to like i i don't want to pry too cuz like i say that with everybody i talk with like i'm a very curious person yeah no i'm and i'm, I'm an open book and you're an open book so. i signed up for it yeah when i said i'll do stand up comedy uh, and uh, <laughs> Okay, we'll start really simply then. Like, how did you did you and Ryan meet? We met on a film shoot, okay. which is very LA. But we were helping a friend out, and it was his like first film. And Ryan was acting in it, and I was producing. Um, and uh, the movie never got the movie never came out. Yeah, but but who cares? <laughs> but the director did, okay. so he's out now. Actually, oh. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. So that's cool. He actually, well, I'm outing him. Well, he's out. So he he married us. He was the one that officiated oh, our wedding. That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, there was a lot there too because actually, you know, so my father-in-law, Ryan's husband, Ryan's husband, <laughs> we're in an open relationship. Yeah. He's bi, and we're Polly. It's <laughs> Ryan's. In case you didn't know, <laughs> Ryan's father uh-huh. is a televangelist. He's a preacher televangelist he's on tv every day got it at a mega church in the south um yeah i knew he was religious i did not know that he was a televangelist the story keeps getting better you know do you know jimmy swagger i don't so he was like the big preacher that came right before billy graham's time okay i knew billy graham yeah so billy graham's more like our time yeah yeah, uh uh, and then uh jimmy swagger's a little before that we probably don't know don't know about him also because he actually for a second had a controversy so he kind of had to like be quiet okay he was caught with like prostitutes okay yeah and you know so jimmy swaggart is jimmy swaggart is a preacher okay jimmy swaggart opened a mega church uh-huh. and there's a mega church in louisiana got it and that's where my father-in-law preaches so, so he took his mantle or like he was his successor no just like there's a few pastors and got that, it. And oh, okay that, right uh, few pre- preachers and they take turns giving sermons got it yeah especially if it's for a televised show uh-huh. right out of they need a new you know you can't be one preacher every, every day every single day yeah so my father-in-law wow. is part of that rotating preachers i did not know that i'd be Dolphin. this close in degrees of separation to a <laughs> televangelist like a legit mega church televangelist but wow see Opening my eyes to a lot of new things, okay? It's a lot. I mean, we've seen him on TV, and it's, I just can't, you know, as a performer, I can't believe he gets more stage time than me, <laughs> you know? He, he gets to do an hour every night, you know? Do you guys trade notes or anything? Like, you have tips to, like... He sometimes, he has, like, jokingly been, like, 
you know, like, how much time did you do tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, that's so cute. And I'm like, of course I did less than you. Yeah. You're like, you do an hour every night, you know, but how much laughs did you get? You know, so yeah. it's a lot of, I love it. There's two performers in the family and it's uh, me and him. But um, he was a little upset that we didn't ask him to marry us. Wow. <clears throat> so Ryan is the son of a megachurch televangelist. He's the son of a preacher man. Preacher yeah. man from the deep south. From the deep south, yeah. Uh-huh. And then, you know, my family also was kind of got into the church, too. Uh-huh. That's what happens when you move to the States. And we were, like, undocumented. We had no friends. That's, churches, you know, bring in immigrants fast because it's like, we need friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's Community. Kind, yeah, it's kind of smart. Together under one banner. That's how they get you. Yeah. And they're like, we also do free lunch. We're like, free lunch? <laughs> yeah. Donuts, coffee? Every Shut week? Up. Yeah, we're there. Are you kidding me? Yeah. We just have to, like, donate, a, you know, a dollar or two in the basket every mm-hmm. week. My parents were like, I think they did the 10% tithe, so I didn't oh, wow. calculate that. Yeah, churches, they get a lot of money from there. There are it's tithes. Like ridiculous. But I was a kid, so I only put in like yeah, a dollar. Yeah, I put in a dollar, yeah. <laughs> my mom gives me the dollar. Or I earned it washing dishes or something. I'm like, I have to give my dollar? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. So there was some similarity with like the religious mm-hmm. upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan's very much like... I don't do the church. I don't even think about God. I don't pray. Mm. I don't do that, you know. And I am too, mm-hmm. but not as adamant. Like, I, I, I'm I, not angry about it. But, you know, there's a lot of hypocrisy he saw there, you mm-hmm. know, and the upbringing was really intense. And, yeah. um, and we were like, we, you know, we didn't want someone who was Christian in a way that was like, homophobic and you know we didn't want someone like that marrying us when we have a lot of queer friends at the wedding right so we were like let's have our queer friend who did the email address thing to become efficient like he he can officiate weddings let's have someone queer marry us internet ordained internet ordained love it which is even more upsetting to tell a preacher (laughs) we're gonna get our internet ordained gay friend to marry us and he's like what this is my life i marry people for a living (laughs) we're like yeah but this guy did in 10 minutes (laughs) and he sounds really meaningful he sounds great yeah and he's more fun so um and and the other thing, actually, about me and Ryan, both of our moms are, have schizophrenia. <laughs> really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... That's a, quite a serendipitous, like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, how did you... Wait. So, okay. How... how when you guys met to... Sorry. I'm like, we're jumping. It's fine. <laughs> this is how conversations go. So when you guys met, you guys met on set, and then how soon after did you start dating and then learn all this about each other like i'm so curious about where how this unfolded yeah we so we we got along and we really liked each other's company um and it it kind of makes sense with like these sort of similar upbringings later on you know once we found out but i you know i didn't find out that his mom was also schizophrenic until our third date. Okay. So we were, we'd gone on two dates. Everything was fun. I was like, I like this guy. There's, yeah. there's a sense of, a sense of humor, very compassionate. Um, and, uh, and then on the third date, we were about to, we came back to his place mm-hmm. and we were about to like get it, get it on, you mm-hmm. know? So I was like half naked. We were making out, you know? Uh-huh. I think I was like taking my skirt off. And then his phone rang uh-huh. and he was like, Oh, it's my mom. I have to take this. And this- I was like, What? I was like, Well, I'm about to, I'm about to give you. <laughs> 
the world. The best <laughs> gift on the planet. Yeah. And he's like, I have to take this. It's my mom. I was like, fine. You know, so I'm like naked in on his bed, sitting on his bed while he goes out like half naked to talk to his mom. And the, he's gone for like an hour. But I hear wow. him. I hear him talking to her and he's like consoling her, uh-huh. kind of like calming her down. Uh-huh. And I was like, what's going on? You know, what is this emergency? Who is this guy? You know, we, we were about to have who says no to sex <laughs> from me, you know? <laughs> And then he comes back and he's like apologetic and Ryan's like, I'm so sorry about that. Um, my mom, my mom has this thing. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's uh, schizophrenia. And I was like, what? And he was like, schizophrenia. I was like, what'd you say? And I started taking my clothes off again. I was like, oh my God, we deserve, we had the craziest sex that night. We were like, we deserve this. You know, it was like, cause I was like, my mom too. And he was like, what? You know what I mean? And wow. it's like immediately we saw each other's childhood, yeah. our upbringing. You know what I mean? The things we had to go through. Yeah. It was like a quick, it's a very quick way to understand somebody. Yeah. Because it's, what's the likelihood that you even romantically get involved with someone and they've shared a similar upbringing with mental illness. Right. On the motherhood side. Yeah. The person who's supposed to be caring for us and, yeah. you know, being our maternal figure. Wow. So... Yeah, and then I remember that was the crazy, cra- we had crazy sex. Yeah. Excellent. I applaud thee. I'm so happy for both of you guys. You do deserve it. I mean, that's, there's, there's so many things that we don't know about anybody's real life, right? And you, you make assumptions like, that's a, that's an issue. I mean, just kind of go meta on like the model minority myth, like the image of, you know, that someone will see you or me and be like, oh, like, little Asian girl with like your you probably have like your perfect little nuclear family and you guys just like go to church and you know <laughs> right. your dad works as an engineer your mom did something like an accountant and, like you could just like eat your rice and like you yeah. know and there, there are people I could feel that from people of that assumption right and that's just nobody's like that like everybody has a different version of their own challenges and obstacles so I feel like it's so beautiful that that's something that it was a hardship for you that you a challenge that you've had to endure and then that's something that like bonded you to like yeah the man of your dreams I <laughs> yeah. love that who knew I love yeah. that and so it was even like I didn't super even see it as like how an interracial relationship would you know play out right yeah. so we have all these similarities with upbringing with like the church with mental illness um in our family you know and uh what else? Both, you know, growing up poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then were the interracial, like, the cultural differences there would mm-hmm. would, would play out, you yeah. know? Uh, so it's been interesting. There are certain things, you know? And systematically, Ryan's very much like, he's he's known it and seen it before, but especially, you know, being a part of my family yeah. and seeing it. He's very close to my 83-year-old grandmother. I love how... <laughs> All of your, just your family in general is just so loving and open and and so cute. Your grandma's the cutest. My grandma's amazing. Future superstar. He he never knew. Uh, he he doesn't have any grandparents left. Oh. So my grandma and him are very close. You know, they're like best friends. They have so much fun together. He brings laughter in her life. You know, they're silly. They dance together. Um, he holds her hand. You know. Um, when they go walking, sometimes they leave me. I be- I've become <laughs> the, third, the wheel. third wheel. She's she gets him presents. She doesn't get me anything. She oh, no. she's like Ryan. Ryan, you like mushroom. 
you ate a lot of mushrooms last time at dinner. So here's, it's just packets of mushrooms for him to cook. You know, she'll do things like that. Nothing for me. You know, I'm there too. (laughs) You exist. I'm right here, Grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Same with my mom. And um, what what was I saying with all that? The inner, uh, like the cultural elements, of the like- cultural elements. He's so he's known. He's known systematically, like who's who who's out of power. He you know he knew that it was like run by like straight white men. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and that systematically it wasn't fair to a lot of marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. But I think being in with our family, he's really really seen it. You know, mm-hmm. and so being sort of an advocate and a friend. You know, um, seeing how much disability money my mom gets monthly mm-hmm. you know for example with with no nobody who's working to really support her right um you know i i i try to help but you know um my grandma at the end of the day is still my mom's caretaker yeah yeah um and she's in her 80s and like that and yeah. she's in her 80s her knees going bad and she's really how old. good is her english my grandma's English, mm-hmm. just enough to live in Arcadia. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. That's why she lives in Arcadia. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So anytime she's she's Taiwanese. She's Taiwanese, mm-hmm. and then so your dad's side is Japanese American. Right, my dad's side is Japanese, and he is an engineer. So mm-hmm. he's the only thing that makes me anything <laughs> maybe stereotypical. <laughs> but um, and I'm curious like with Ryan with like because I've known Ryan for the last few years being in LA and being friends with you guys like he's a very yeah like a very woke person who is very sensitive and 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 um and very aware of like all these different privileges and these different dynamics of being like a straight white guy I don't feel like he's anywhere ignorant of that but like you don't find that just anywhere especially and I think maybe even a stereotype on Ryan like just to be completely real like a lot of people would say like oh you're from the deep south you're like a white dude from the deep south right 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 what do you know about anything right, right. like did he so when you met him I'm, I'm imagining that like he walked into the relationship already being that guy like he's in the creative field working with you on set acting right right so like was that a bumpy transition or did, like he just kind of you guys met when he already had a really great understanding of all of that like you're talking about like the systematic disadvantages yeah. and stuff i think he was already like um, like halfway there okay you know meaning that you know he like his exes he had dated different people all mm-hmm. kinds of people yeah you know uh, which was great it wasn't like there, i only dated asian girls it's reassuring when you're like okay my man doesn't have a uh, yellow fever thank you right right <laughs> or just like white girls you know yeah yeah um just oh gosh i shouldn't i don't know i just said that um but um but you know, definitely being a part of a family has mm-hmm. is is different. Like traveling to Taiwan with my grandma and my mom, uh-huh. you know, seeing like uh, the village people who I'm related to, like all of a village in the mountains of Taiwan. He met them, you know. Uh-huh. So so there are more things that he's like opening his eyes to and like seeing for the first time. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and, and other weird similarities that have made me also be like, okay, so like gearing up for 2020, you know, how do we go about like reaching out to, uh, middle America? Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've started to see that too, being a part of his family, uh-huh. you know, um, and actually a lot of the similarities. So like, you know, like 
I don't mean to. Okay, we well, let's just call it white trash, right? Uh-huh. People call uh, rednecks white trash if they do things like you know eat weird parts of chickens or cows. Yeah, a lot of Middle America does. Yeah, they, <clears throat> people think like, oh, white Americans, they're afraid to eat. Like gizzards and stuff like that. Like no, they're not. There's some that really are not. <laughs> a lot of Middle America, they like go hunting and eat all parts of the animal. Mm-hmm. They eat snakes. They eat reptiles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, but they call that white trash, right? Mm-hmm. When Asians do that, they don't call it Asian trash. Mm-hmm. They just call it being Asian. Being Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's fairly. <laughs> And he was pointed out, he's like, wait, there's a systematic racism there, right? Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, that's the norm for Asians. But with white people, there's levels. Mm-hmm. There's levels. There's mm-hmm. white people who don't do that, who are more fancy. Mm-hmm. They would not eat, you know, the I wouldn't the dare gizzard. to eat that. It's disgusting. Right, right, right. There's yeah. people who won't eat that. And then there's people who do, but they're trash, right? Mm-hmm. And for Asians, it's like, whatever you eat, it's just Asian. You mm-hmm. know, and he's like, see, now that, and I was like, oh, that's a good point. That's... <laughs> That I want levels. We want levels. We want different kinds. Because there are different kinds of Asians. We're not just one type, you yeah, know? Yeah, the monolith. Right. And so little things like that that he points out that I'm like, yeah, that's right. And, and I was like, we, you know... We do have that in common because he'll be like, yeah, my, my grandpa one time just ate roadkill, you know. And I was like, oh, my grandma one time made me collect snails in the in the rain and then threatened to cook them for dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's if watching street food on Netflix, like Vietnam specialties, snails. And it like, is. Yeah. That's like their food. They love Which, it. Which, by the way, I'm surprised that all the specialties are like so expensive when it's like, I see it in the streets. Yeah. But maybe it's not the type we're supposed to eat. Maybe. Or there's like a specific valuation of the like, the, I have no idea. Because I go to the Echo Park Lake and there's so many ducks there that fly. Like, <laughs> am I, is that the duck that we eat? Or can I just catch it? Can I just catch it? And then like. Open a restaurant in my get house. In trouble for that too is also my concern. I'm sure the there's like legalities. Yeah, but I think you could, like theoretically, yeah. Because I'm a dust delicacy. Well, it's because it's more expensive if you go to exactly get duck exactly. versus chicken. Duck's a big deal in in Asian cuisine. Yeah, duck is a huge deal, and in French cuisine too. Like, yeah, yeah, duck, duck confit, confit, and l'orange and whatever. And I'm like, I'm just at the park. There's <laughs> two hundred of them right here. You know what I mean? There's goose. There's geese. Geese are a delicacy too. Yeah, and swan. I saw I, a swan. I, I was like, oh my god, how much swans? I don't know. I'm that sure. might be next level. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, people, human beings can will eat anything if it doesn't immediately kill them. And it's really interesting what you said about the whole, like, white trash thing because, like, Kenji's, like, lived all over America. He's mm-hmm. lived mostly in the middle of it and in the South, and he's, like, done work and he's uh, traveled a lot for work. Yeah. And he's just saying, like, yeah, there's, you know, even in in the white community, what he's observed is that there they there's definitely racism and prejudice, but sometimes the meanest or the most cruel, uh, like, just belittling of people is mm. white on white is like white mm. pe- like white rich people to white trash mm. yeah it's like people don't talk about that that often but there's a huge gap in between people with money and without and how they look at them right and they're like well you have no excuse you're white and you have <laughs> privilege like what would you know why aren't right. you why aren't you better or whatever that right. you know, quote unquote it's really interesting and when the, the white dynamics. rich you know come to power mm-hmm. and they do have power and there's corruption you know yeah um and the tendency 
because it is still white on white crime. Mm-hmm. The poor white people don't see it because the white rich people go blame the immigrants. You know, yeah. it's the immigrants' fault. Yeah, and then they fall for it. And yeah. then, but the white rich people try to keep the white poor people poor and dumb and illiterate and uneducated. Mm-hmm. They do that, and yeah. and so it's you know it's really interesting when I'm like you know and so not that I'm the spokesperson for my family, but when I am in the south, it's like the more we find that we have in common yeah where i'm like oh yeah i totally eat dark meat and they're like you do too isn't dark meat so much tastier i'm like yes i think so too you know fact and they 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 agree i'm like see like we're we're, this, <laughs> we're bonding here we're the same see <clears throat> and that's like, great where they're like oh wait who's the enemy i'm like the fucking rich people <laughs> i'm telling you it's the rich people the white rich people because they're the ones trying to separate us. But mm-hmm. honestly, we should be voting the same. You yeah. Know? Look at you. You're you're making that you are the change. Let's go. But I but I think that that's so interesting because that's what happens in so many of these like the other friends that I've had and I've dated outside of Asian people. Like mind you, a lot of my serious boyfriends are pretty much. I think they've all been Asian guys. Mm-hmm. But I've dated like different races and different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and it's really. I think it's so fascinating. I think people are fascinating. Even if you are Asian, like who's just, I don't know your background or you grew up and what, yeah. what makes you tick. Right. So that's yeah. regardless interesting, but like, yeah, sharing those experiences with somebody like very foreign, quote unquote, may have similarities in like what we're interested in or like we like the same kind of comedy or we like mm-hmm. the same foods, but our experiences are very different. There's a lot of like important beauty in that like educating each other Mm -hmm. because you you are attracted and have chemistry and you care about each other Mm -hmm. to like really open expand the worlds but like people can also see that and feel threatened by that too right 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 you know so like i'm really curious too so you you and ryan like how what was how long was like the courtship before you guys got married like we we dated for oh like it's interesting courtship courtship yeah wow this is I Ken, this is Kenji's influence on me does he talk like that in like not like but like royal terms but he grew up Mormon so he talks about like courting a girl like dating oh, yeah. them it's like very it's a very I I think it's really beautiful there's like something very just lovely about asking someone sure I like to get to know sure. you can I take you out to dinner right 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 and we, like a, yeah. Uh, almost like a Castilian, like a Cotillion, like polite kind manner of. with, yeah. Just like, yeah, being more like direct. I think for, oh. for me, it's like very direct. Like mm. I'm into you. I see. Can I get see. to that know kind, you. Can that's courtship. Out. Okay. Because I, I grew up in that ambiguous, like, want to like chill and like, I don't know. Like, this is my good friend <laughs> yeah. for a long time. And this is, we're good friends. And every, every one of your friends are like, yeah, they're sleeping with each yeah, other. Yeah, y'all liars. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Act like we don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> come you're good friends and you're living together now you know what i mean but (laughs) But anyway yeah the courtship coming back yeah uh we we were together two years before you know and i I was i started like joking pretty aggressively i was like oh i mean we might as well get married i don't know do you want to be my husband i don't know (laughs) but i would always if you put like an i don't know it sounds like cute Maybe yeah. maybe it's not cute. Not that I think I, it's cute. Okay, and then I think he like that was that was me giving permission. Yeah. To be like, if you asked me to marry you, I would say yeah. <laughs> the door's open. Right, right, yeah. and then and then yeah. So two years later, because we're not like we, you know, I ne- I never really thought about marriage. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. Like all my life, I was like, mm, all the marriages I've seen has gone awry. You yeah. know, in my family, yeah, my parents got divorced when I was one. Uh, my 
grandpa, you know, was murdered. You know what I mean? Oh my God. I, so I grew up with like no men in my life. Got it. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and Ryan actually is a divorcee. Okay. So he'd been married before and divorced before. Got it. Uh, you know, small town, Christian, you know, you do it young, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in the South. And uh, yeah, so we, we didn't even think about it. And, but like, I was like, oh, I'm really comfortable with this person. You know, like we're both so comfortable. We're just so ourselves and we have so much fun. There's like deep understanding of what we want to do, what our role is in the society with like, not just like making the, making arts, but like with what we want to see in the world, you know, with change and, you know, the kind of people we want to be, the energy we want to bring to the world. I was like, yeah, like if, why not? Let's be, we're kind of hopeless romantics too. Yeah. So then we got married. It was just like that. One of the best weddings I've been to. Yeah, you were there. You had a beautiful umbrella. We brought umbrellas from Chinatown. Yeah. It was a hot day. It was really hot. Very hot. Yeah. Paper umbrella. Some dudes behind Marvin, our friend Marvin, was wearing like a black suit. And I was like, bro, you. I'm glad I'm a girl right now. I'm wearing like a <laughs> we said nothing dress. about that. We said nothing about how <laughs> there wasn't going to be only tarp in certain areas. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful, though. I know it's such a, it's like, this is what I love about the both of you is that there's like such a celebration of like who you guys are as individuals, you as a couple, your cultures, everything. And like, honestly, that's why I was so curious, like how that went with your family. Cause you put that on your Instagram, how you're mm-hmm. madly in love with this, this man who's mm-hmm. like your best friend and like your other half. And it's very obvious to everybody, which I think is great, you know, cause sometimes you're like, I've seen couples and it's not hating cause I don't know their lives, but you mm-hmm. look at them and you're like, why are y'all together? Like. Right, right, right. I don't know. But you guys kind of glow love, which is beautiful. And I don't think that that, to me, it doesn't seem like there was, it's easy between you two, but then the fact that, like, you have really different lives and backgrounds and, like, different merging, like, when you, so when you shared it, like, oh, you know, my, my husband's family is from the deep south, I'm going to go hang out with them for a while, I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. I was curious, like, how did that go when you're, like, when you're encountering that, whether it's before or after you guys got married, like, how was that, you know, did you, were you, like, easily accepted? I'm sure, like, they love their son, so, but I don't know, families can be crazy, so you never know. Families can be crazy, but they're, for the most part, yeah, they were just, like, yeah, when I had to go, I, I went to Thanksgiving in Texas to meet his 39 white Southern Christian relatives. 39? 39 of them. Oh. I was like, 39? I have the smallest family. I I can only name eight people in my family. Yeah. Was this like a was reunion? It was like a huge reunion. Got like it. cousins and cousins and uncles and aunties, you know? I've heard of reunions for, for some white people. Like that's like a hundred plus. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so it, it, again, it might All have to do offspring. with class. Yeah, you know, it might, where I'm like, I, am I? I did. Are you Filipino? <laughs> and I was just like, so I was like cousins, Hell cousins, is. uncles, aunties, uncles, aunties, and then uh, yeah, just like a whole array of food spreads. Yeah, they were excited. They have 39 people in their family already. What? What's one more person? Yeah, named Atsuko. You know? Hey guys. Yeah, they learned my name. They were they re- they were really excited that there was gonna be you know an addition to the family. Yeah, you know, um, there was no talk really of me being different. One aunt got really excited. She knew like a Japanese song. She sang it to me. That's cute. <laughs> it was and that's not like that's and you know again you encounter so many different things. It could go really wrong because like it could be very 
yeah, mean or like hostile antagonist. But that there's so many people like earnestly like I just think you're great and like right. let me celebrate your culture. I take those. Th- do you? Do you? Yeah. I mean, I don't get offended by people who like want to celebrate Korean stuff. I'm like, oh, that's nice. You know, no, same. To- I mean, what better? You know, better than better that than them like, you know, trying to kill me i mean that's a that's an extreme but yeah or like blaming you for some war or like you know like yeah and that can that happens to people which is scary so i'm glad that they're really accepting did you feel like you like you i mean i just feel like that'd be really different i felt that even honestly with like my chinese boyfriend Mm. in the past Mm -hmm. because it's very like they were they're ethnically Chinese, but from Vietnam. Got so they it, had yeah. a very different dynamic in the way that they spoke and ate and their language and everything, the way they interacted. I did sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. feel like an outsider, not because they were trying to, just because right. I don't fit in that. Did mm-hmm. you feel that? Hmm. Um, not as much, actually. I don't That's know right. if I was, like, food-focused. I, I was <laughs> eating a lot of the food and just talking about the food. I, I think it's because I only met them once too, so I was like the guest. Yeah, you know, the yeah. guest of honor. Got it. Everyone was everyone was kind, and Ryan, you know, Ryan made sure that everyone was, you know, getting to know me in the way he, you know, he's like, this is her, you know, just yeah. like if you want to make jokes, make jokes, you know. I feel like Ryan, if Ryan could ever do like a tutorial on YouTube or something. Just because, again, I feel like the way that he loves on your family and on you Mm. is, like, I feel like there are some people, I've heard of different examples here and there or seen different things where if you're dating somebody who's very different than you, has a different culture, etc., and you need to be able to navigate that with, like, Mm -hmm. with love and grace and not be as awkward as you need to be. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Ryan could write a book on this or, like, a tutorial of some kind. I think so for other white people. For other white people. Yeah. No, I, we've talked about that. Oh, okay. I, I'm on I'm <laughs> on to something. <laughs> no, totally. I'm mind-melding. Well, because him and grandma, my grandma, they don't speak much. Like, they, they, you know, there's not... Her English abilities aren't great. Yeah. So a lot of it's just, like, physical or, like, him him learning even, like, how... Which English words are great for immigrants. Yeah. You know? what i mean like okay super you know yeah big you know what i mean (laughs) um simpler words he's 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 come to right there's a way a better way to speak to immigrants if like i speak immigrant yeah an immigrant is its own language where it's like instead of being like um how you all feeling today like how are you today you know simplifying like that he's learned that yeah you know he knows how to he texts my grandma in words that she'll understand very simple you know don't don't be adding words like courtship she won't know what that is that was just between you and me (laughs) (laughs) no but i like i like the term and i probably will be throwing it around uh it's very like queen king you know uh (laughs) we are all kings and queens we are i think we should remember that every day i think so too um what was i saying but Um, i love that he that he does that that shows a lot of care you know and i think that shows a lot of like compassion and care and love the important thing is to have fun like you have to have fun in your relationship even when you're with the family if because you you literally like you have to go home with your brain and yourself and your experiences so as as long as you had fun yeah like that's that's the biggest factor i think for our relationship 
and you're having fun even with this like televangelist dad like you know like I'm personally and this is my where I'm like being very real about my preconceived notions of like when I imagined my future like spouse or whatever mm-hmm. I was genuinely I have freaked out like oh god if they're really religious because my family is religious all my whole family mm-hmm. goes to church mm-hmm. I'm like the black sheep that's like you know I believe in higher power I'm very spiritual mm-hmm. but like that's that setting and uh, right now is like not for me mm-hmm. and they've come to accept that but I've freaked out like okay well what if my future partner is from a very religious family and oh, uh-huh. finding that acceptance or like being mm-hmm. the outlier there that's a whole other thing that right. I may have to deal with did you feel that at all with his I mean that's because having like a televangelist father-in-law that's right. a very specific like yeah level of you know spirituality and religion right and did they expect that from like obviously ryan's like was he clear about like i'm not part of the church so neither yeah i mean well you mean ryan it was ryan clear about it with his father with his father yeah like they yeah yeah very much so so then it's not a big deal if you're not either like right but it's still like i feel insecure around it (laughs) because i i you know i'm like oh they're judging me Uh, you know there's you can't help that yeah but it has made my comedy better (laughs) see like we're around them yeah. because I'm like I'm gonna have fun, so you know, and it, meaning like I can I can I have I can joke now uh-huh. without cursing because I can't curse around them, right? I have the same thing, right? <laughs> right, and it's actually harder to not curse. Like it makes you more creative to figure out other ways to use words. I do you feel 1, the same? 000, oh my god, I'm having a moment right now <laughs> because Ken, Kenji doesn't curse. Yeah, I'm like he met me, and I was a freaking sailor. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Because right. I'm around our friends, and like I just and I have noticed that you haven't said one curse word throughout this whole podcast i have i'm very proud of you oh thank you (laughs) and it's genuine like i find my moments i I haven't i haven't like stopped completely but like i want to be respectful and like i notice like yeah i notice my language and when i'm around his family like i don't want to be it's not even like i'm trying to be a different version of myself but i'm like i don't want to make them uncomfortable and i don't feel like that's sacrificing too much for me to just watch my right words. but it makes you like think, think of, be, be more creative oh my god in your words. So I, like, I agree <laughs> no actually i think it's it's harder to even like uh talk in ways where you're not cursing yeah uh, but it's also not that hard like if you notice you might like you might think, oh, I have such a foul mouth. Yeah. But this is for everybody. If you ever like look through your Facebook posts and stuff, or um, even in your day to day life, if you stop to notice, we're actually pretty like not far from being family friendly. We can be. Yeah. We can be. Yeah. And like and um, and comedy is like I think sometimes funnier when there aren't cuss words. I, I sound like a conservative, but <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm no. But I, it's just again a different way of thinking because I've noticed this is why some of my favorite shows. I realize like The Office and Parks mm-hmm. and Rec and I Love Lucy. Like they yeah. don't curse in any of them, or right. they, very, very minimally. And I feel like it is a different way to be funny. Like they're still yeah. hilarious, yeah, and they're still biting, and they're still mean, or they're still ridiculous. Yeah, it's just in a different avenue. And right. I feel like that's there's again. I I also love like the the adult comedy i have sure i love that too there's a totally huge place in my heart for that right but i just feel like you also speak to a different audience 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Like, people, like, will look at that, like, oh, you're being a goody two-shoes or no, something. No, it just it's expands like, your audience, you're expanding actually. expanding an audience. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to make, like, a kid laugh with their parent. I think that'd be really, that's, like, a cool feat for me. Totally. I think that's when you know you've made it as a comedian. Minji, are you, you're going to do more comedy. I mean. Is what you're telling me. I would, I would love you. That's what I'm telling you. You're an inspiration. You're out, and we're, we're going to do more comedy. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, I'm but sometimes, sometimes, of course, like, I get cheesy with like the jokes if I can't curse or something yeah. if I try not to curse um, but I'm like actually that's part of my personality Yeah. Uh, there's a joke I told my father-in-law because I'm always trying to make him laugh and he laughs and he has a great sense of humor actually for a guy who's you know just on a just reading the bible <laughs> <clears throat> just reading the bible all the time but um, my brother-in-law recently bought a Genesis. You know the car? Okay, Hyundai Genesis. Yes, yeah. And I guess they're pretty expensive. Yeah. Genesis. They're on the higher end, yeah. They're on the higher end. So, And the father-in-law was telling me this. He was like, Eric just bought a Genesis. And I was like, so this is a Bible joke. <laughs> and, you okay. know, I was very proud of it. He was like, oh, yeah, your brother-in-law just bought a Genesis. And I was like, a Genesis? Those things, are, if I bought a Genesis, I would need to get me a Job. <laughs> And he laughed really hard. And I was like, see, I did a clean Bible joke that only people who read the Bible would yeah, know yeah. what I'm talking about. And you spoke his language. That's yeah, sweet. Yeah. And, uh, and I would never think that way in the past, you know, yeah. like that kind of comedy. But I'm proud of it. And I think even like I'm uh, proud of people you. who didn't go to it. I have dumb other Bible jokes, too. But like, you know, it is a challenge. And I think it's cool. I, you know, I, I appreciate I saw that you were trying not to like curse more. And, yeah. like, it is, like, a different... It's a different... Well, I just really believe in also the power of language. I think that comes from being, power like, language, an artist, yeah. too, and reading scripts all the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like... I think we're, we're evolving. Society's different. Culture's evolving. It's dynamic. It's, I get that. But I'm also noticing that sometimes, like... There's like a liberation where like young people and people in general feel more free to say what they really think. And when you do that, it comes with emotion and with emotion comes sometimes a curse word because you are that angry or you want to mm-hmm. emphasize something or you want to be that middle finger to the law kind of feeling like to mm-hmm. authority. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what you think. And there's place for that. I think it's great. But also, I feel like sometimes it's lazy. Like, I've read yeah, a lot of scripts from, like, you just aren't creative. Right. <laughs> it is. It can be lazy. It is lazy yeah. to just be like, I'm going to do shocking words. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's not shocking. It's just boring. Like, I agree. I.e., I'm going to hate so hard on the movie Bright. I thought that was the biggest piece of trash movie. <laughs> cool concept. Will Smith was in it. I was like, what are you doing, Will? Willard, what are you doing? <laughs> but, like, no, that writer is trash. What's his name? Max, whatever. It's garbage. That script was complete garbage. And if I, I would never, like, yeah, it's a Netflix or whatever movie. And if I got paid, I still don't think I would do it. I'm going to put it on record. Is this Max like, Lando or whatever? Yeah, Landis. And he's, like, uh, Landis. And he's, like, notoriously also. He's a garbage human, I feel Yeah, like. garbage human. Yeah, yeah. But the script was an extension of that. And it was just, like, the F word every five seconds. And I was like, do you have any other things that you know how to say he's like not stupid he's like not really but anyway it, it took me like an hour to write this <laughs> script this so thing, you know. yeah anyway that's a tangent but i think it's really great because we we meet different people and they surprise us i think that's the biggest thing is like yeah you found your love but you also got entered into his world and 
right. found a way to connect with it. Yeah. But the important thing is not forgetting to keep connecting with yourself through it. Yes. So like I could have just given in completely and be like, I want them to have a great time. But like, I was like, no, am I having I'm a great having time? I'm having a great time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you are. And I love right. that. Yeah. Um, and we've already covered a lot, which where there's so much more to talk about. But one of the things I'm curious about, because I want to ask a lot of different people what they think, because I've had an interesting experience with commentary on when I, and seem like admitted, when I shared that I date non-Asian people mm. from Asian people. Have you gotten, like, have you gotten feedback or commentary in a weird way from other people when you're dating a white guy? Um, in the past, only if I like talked about it and then now I don't talk about it. And I, I was like, maybe I was the one highlighting it. Okay. <laughs> so like if I brought it up, you know, then it would become an issue. Okay. Literally just saying that like my husband is white, uh-huh. you know, um, because you know about the, the controversy that's, there are people in like, at least in the Asian community that look at that, like an Asian female with an, a white guy. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that, that angers people. Totally. Yes. Yeah. I No. Yeah. I, they used to be my trolls, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I've had to silence videos, but you know, it's not an Asian, it's not an Asian male thing per se. It's just sort of, I think masculinity, uh-huh. you know, and yes, of course, like again, systematically like Asian men have been, you know, quote unquote, for the lack of better words, like emasculated or seen as like not sexy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, we, we need to, undo that sort of stereotype and thinking and you know and that's why representation matters seeing all kinds of asian men right yeah and what sexy even means right exactly and um but once we've embraced that it's also important because there's also gender thing right it's Mm -hmm. important to as a guy to not be like you know not be like women are second class so when they don't choose me they're trash because that's misogyny too. Yes. Does that make Amen. sense? Amen. 1000%. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even in, and Jess Tom, who's a comedian in New York, a queer comedian in New York, had a beautiful thread about this on Twitter. But speaking to Always Be My Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, they were saying there was a lot of like discussions about people about men being like, I'm so glad it's an Asian girl choosing an Asian guy. Yeah. You know, and just being like, but why is it, why is it on her? You right. know what I mean? It's cool that there's an Asian American couple, period. Yeah. What's cool about the movie is we're seeing that there's an Asian American couple. Yeah. Why, why is it, why, why are we watching Ali Wong's character as, why is it the girl that like, you better not mess up? Did you get an Asian guy? Oh, you did. You know, why is it her right. that was gonna, like, there aren't a lot of Asian American movies out there. Harold and Kumar, or even TV shows like, um, Harold and Kumar, the two Asian guys chasing after white girls. Yeah. Why, yeah. why is that not an, you know what I mean? That's not an Or Asian, like yeah. Master of None, where the Asian guy, you know, is with a white girl, or even Kumail, you know, and I, I like, I love Kumail. I'm not saying, I'm just saying there's been the opposite, mm-hmm. where it's Asian guys chasing white girls yeah and that's not a you know that's never been a topic of issue it's so. becoming it because i'm vocalizing it well it's funny yeah. that you said that like how everyone's watching ali wong's character because there was someone in my like pretty you know it's a friend it's an actual friend not someone that i just randomly acquaintance know but mm-hmm. a friend we're having ramen 
in you know a metropolitan city. I won't because it might. <laughs> well, yeah, we're trying to keep it real general. Yeah, well, we have general. <laughs> a person but somewhere. He, he is Chinese American, and we're talking. And I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's great. He's a super hardworking, creative guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're talking about dating. You know, we're just like sharing, like, oh, who are you dating now? Because this is when I was like in my single phase and mm-hmm. Tinder and Bumble all day. And um, he's like, well, do you date? Do you date Asian guys? I was like, yeah, like all my boyfriends have been Asian, but I date I date white guys. And he's like, oh, so you you date white guys? And I was like, yeah, I date white guys too. Like mm-hmm. whoever, I've dated a lot of different guys. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he, and he's like, okay. And then he fixated on that, and he's like, so mm. you date white guys? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, don't you think that's not helping us? <laughs> and then I was like mid bite of my noodles, and I was like, what? What did you just say? Like it just it didn't even register for a second. I was like, right, yeah, huh. Yeah. Wait, I was like, so hold up. Because I was like, you know, we're like just two buddies having ramen or whatever. And I was like, right. wait a sec. First of all, <laughs> so that's my job is right. to like, you know, like put myself in a little space that's only for Asian guys. Like that's who I'm allowed to because that is my responsibility. Because that's still catering to man. Yeah. You know what I mean? To the man and to Asian men. Like I was like, huh? I was like, right. do you hear the words that are you're, you're saying to me? Right. So then I got, I like, <laughs> put my chopsticks down. It was like, oh, it's going to become a I was thing. waiting for the moment where you would say the title of this podcast. Oh, yeah. And wow, what a great moment. What a know? great moment. First yeah. of all, <laughs> yeah, 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 I was like, clocked it, clocked it. It's like when they say it in the movie. And I'm like, yes, you said it. You said it. And it was very real because I was just so like... These these my utensils are gonna become <laughs> weapons really fast because I and, and it shot my anger up like zero to sixty pretty fast because I was just suddenly very like how how dare you right because right. because I never had it like crystallized that way in these mm. words like isn't that that's not helping us and like, right 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 where it's saying that it's your job which is also saying that as women we're second-class citizens because we're supposed to still serve a higher higher being and it's not no. women yeah. you know what i mean it's no. not us yeah like we we still have to it's our fault yeah you know and this problem is our responsibility and our fault to like then remedy by relegating ourselves to only like a certain type of, like no yeah how are we going to move forward if like we're only moving forward in servicing your testosterone for real you know what i mean and this is not to say because like i have a lot of like i have two brothers that are my my two favorite people in the world and i have a father and i have cousins i have friends i have my boyfriends like i know Mm -hmm. how asian men have been seen and how Mm -hmm. they've been represented and that angers me to no end because i can understand how limiting and how demoralizing or discouraging that is for like Asian men to be so treated. Of I don't course. Like that. I think it's very problematic. Um, and it's a very sp- significant challenge for them to have to overcome that mm-hmm. and to like find their confidence and all this. So that's not outside of my, yes. you know, your, 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 my care, like right. my concern. But it's also, again, not my responsibility. So I was just like, right. Yo. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then, so I calmed down. I started eating my ramen again. I was like, let's unpack this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, you unpacked it. We we talked about it pretty mm-hmm. extensively. And he understood where I was coming from. That's why I'm glad that we talked about it versus, like, my reaction was pretty, I was pretty pissed. Yeah. But then I, but then, you know, that's, that, but I feel like kind of, this is even a few years ago, but I feel like that's kind of where we're at, which is why I want to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because they are things that really strike a nerve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For real reasons, I don't feel like I just rolled out of bed and started like I'm 
gonna be mad about this. Like, right? I'm gonna let it disrupt my existence <laughs> and have anxiety and like anger over this just because yeah. I feel like it. No way. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. coming from somewhere real. Mm-hmm. And I see it often. Like, I don't know about you. Like on Facebook, I see like threads in certain like Asian American Facebook groups, even like media groups or artist groups. Like people will they'll post articles and they'll be like, "Look at this." BS, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, another, like, Asian girl chasing a white boy. Mm-hmm, right. And, like, I, I get it, but I'm also like, it's not, you're not helping. Because <laughs> like, it's not as simple as that, too. Because yeah. that's also assuming that when people get in a relationship, there weren't other factors that brought them together. Like, I don't know, chemistry, love, uh, yeah. you know? like Interest. And- interest, the way we view the world, mm-hmm. and maybe even our upbringing. Even if it's like, how can you have a similar upbringing? Well, me and Ryan pretty much did mm-hmm. with a lot of things that we care about, you know? Yeah. Um. And, uh, it's, that's why I've stopped saying out loud, like my white husband, because then it's like reminding people and that might trigger them. Mm. Less and less do people give me a, like people don't, people haven't brought it up. That's great. People haven't really brought it up because it's like, I just, this is my husband, you know? And it's like, yeah. And then, so they just see the, when we have fun, our, our dynamic together instead yeah. of like seeing just, oh, this is interracial. This is color and color. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we're not quite there yet, you know? And again, we should be, we're mad at the wrong people. Mm-hmm. We know who did this <laughs> to us that are pitting us, are pitting us against each other, you know? Like mm-hmm. it, I, we, you know, as Asian women, we weren't the ones that ran Hollywood that, portrayed people a certain way but that's why we need to come we need to talk about this right right right. and we're finding ways to change that and redefining things for sure like again like the term sexy what is that anyway right you know that that is oh Otsuko come back and talk to me but let's have a sexy podcast yeah 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 like what's sexy I don't know like do you do you like abs I'm not a big ab person you know like okay, I could talk, I could talk about this <laughs> because I've been, you know, I've had a type that people think like, yeah, I do like people who are athletic and, mm, and mm-hmm. I'm attracted to that. But I've also been attracted to people who are not. That's not the singular factor or whatever. The only thing, right? But, uh, sexy comes in so many different ways, you know. And yeah. like every we, we let's talk about those things because I'm like that. There, there's a lid for every pot. Like we all need, and we all need to love ourselves. There's so many messages in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Um, but yeah, I think the core of it is right now. I think we just, let's talk about stuff. Let's like be real. Yeah. I'm like so grateful that you could share like just, you know, the, the tip of the iceberg of like what it's been like for you and Ryan, like you're, you coming together in like this really like beautiful way of like through your art. I Mm -hmm. love sharing like, you know, something that you both love brought you together Mm -hmm. and that that grew in a genuine way and that you guys have gone through these different things and have dealt with very, you know, they're very real challenges that people, I think everyone deals with some version of that, Mm -hmm. trying to impress somebody that you care about or understand something that is foreign to you for whatever reason. Yeah. And it expands you. But I think right now there's so much like fear and anxiety and anger and a lot of things that are triggering people Sure, that it serves us to like sit down and just like, you know, unpack it. Right. Unpack it. Yeah. What are you really mad about? Right. Yeah. That oh, that's the question. 
What are you really mad about? That's- As you're trolling someone, is it because you're in your mom's basement? Who knows? Uh-huh. And it's okay too if you're living in your mom's basement. It's yeah. just just acknowledge that it's not it's it's fixable and it's not someone else's fault. For sure. Ugh. I love talking with you, Otsuko. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and what is in you? You're brilliant. Oh, you are as well. I will receive your compliment. You're so so fun to talk to, and I'm glad you're doing this. I'm glad this is you, the first of all podcast. Yes, and what is your podcast? Because we need to share that. My podcast, my podcast is called Podcast on Podcast. My podcast is called Let's Go Otsuko, a woke Japanese game show. And what is it about? What's the premise of like when you? What's the format? Yeah, so the format is it is a game show, but we kind of catch up at first, and then we play games that satirize current events. Love, um, yeah, in the form of a Japanese game show. That's amazing. And it, Japanese game shows are incredible. Like I've seen so many clips, and it's just endlessly entertaining. I was like, who thinks of this stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's wacky and entertaining. But I've always been like, if only there could be a reason why these people are doing these challenges. Yes. So that's kind of what I did with my game show. Is like I want to add meaning and sort of like reasons why yeah. we're doing these wacky things and make people think mm-hmm. right? a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your jokes are very good at that. Like people are like, Haha, wait, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you have to like think about. It for a second, which I love. It's so good. Um, and where can people find you if they want to like follow more of your work and find your podcast and everything? People can find me on my socials. I'm at Otsuko Comedy. Comedy spelled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Otsuko Comedy, A-T-S-U-K-O Comedy. Yes. Yeah. Please go follow. And I, uh, bless your Instagram stories. They bring joy. I, I watch a lot of Instagram stories, and that's one of the common things I plug on my podcast. Like, go watch their stories. Oh. I'm like, look at the feed. Yeah, watch what stories they do. are. Yeah, stories are your daily, your present day, you know, mm-hmm. and your personality. Yeah. Yeah. And yours is big and vibrant and fun. Thank you so much, Atsuko, for being a guest on First of All. And, uh, yeah, please go follow her. Listen to her podcast. I'm going to go listen to it. It's going to be hilarious and fun, and I'll learn lots of things. Um, shout out to Marv Nui, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you, Marv for always standing by me and this podcast and shout out to Aquafina thank you for use of her song Yellow Ranger for the intro and outro of this podcast and I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers you can find first of all podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and everywhere else you find podcasts. If you'd like to support me and keep the microphone on so that I have, you know, juice to charge my laptop and and pay for my gas, I love you forever. Thank you to my Patreon patrons. You can become a Patreon patron at patreon.com slash first of all podcast. And you can follow me at Minjeezy, M-I-N-J-E-E-Z-Y, and you can follow me at first of all pod. Um, yeah, shout me out or send me a DM, whatever. Let me know what you want to hear. Thank you so much to people who have been leaving the five-star reviews and um, the love. I just appreciate it so much. And it makes me not give up on this. Because <laughs> it's work, right, Asuka? That's right. <laughs> Keep giving them five stars. Please. Thank you. I love you. Um, and, yeah, this is it for this week's episode. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. I got this all up on my LinkedIn. Proficient in spitting, turning red when I'm drinking. Emancipating pussy like I was Abe Lincoln. Squirting out that Kool-Aid to lot of that just sink it, sink it.
It's an exciting time in Asian America. There are more movies, TV shows, books, and music reflecting us than ever. But all of these represent just a small slice of Asian American culture and experiences. So what do we do? Tell more slices. Asian Americana is a show that explores these slices of distinctly Asian American culture and history. We've talked about how Chinese Americans built California's Sacramento Delta, the art scene turns gallery institution giant robot, a play that explores the lost Cambodian pop music of the 60s and 70s, and, of course, Boba, just to name a few stories. You can find Asian Americana at asianamericana.com or on your podcast app.